0: what is good welcome back to the show today we are talking about how to program the most effective cardio for your clients aka energy systems 101 now before we get into this episode if you've been enjoying the show do me a massive favor leave me a five-star rating and review in itunes this really helps tremendously with me growing the reach of the show and helping more people all right that said Let's go ahead and get into how to program the most effective cardio for your clients. So truly one of the biggest client result killing mistakes that most coaches make and shit mistake that I have made all the time in the past was just programming random things simply because they feel hard and just hoping it'll help your clients achieve the results they want. (laughs) So ask yourself right now as a coach, have I just been programming random shit and just hoping it'll get my clients the results that they want? Now, this is especially true when it comes to cardio, as really very few coaches have any understanding of the energy systems or even think about the specific outcomes that they want their clients to achieve from their cardio prescriptions. Now, this is also true when it comes to resistance training, but programming properly for resistance training is already a topic I've covered in extreme depth here. If you just scroll back through the last 20 episodes... I believe there are three separate um, podcasts that are just a deep dive into how to properly program um, your training to get your clients great results. So today we're taking a deep dive into the energy systems. My goal with this episode is to teach you how to program smarter, more goal-specific cardio for your clients, and really help them achieve leaner, stronger, and better conditioned bodies. So the reality is we have to start with energy everything you do eventually comes back to your body's ability to produce energy. So if you want greater power output in the gym, that requires more energy. Um, Walking through the stores, that also requires that your body produces energy. Or even the stress response to a mental stressor causes energy to be immobilized and then sometimes restored. And this process in itself takes energy. So you get the idea here. Every action we take requires our body first creating energy For said action. So basically, your body uses the food, the macronutrients you take in, and converts it to ATP, which stands for (laughs) adenosophates. Such a hard word to say. (laughs) I'm not even going to cut that out. Adenosine triphosphate is what ATP stands for. So Really think of this ATP, adenosine triphosphate, as your body's energy currency. So without adequate levels of this energy currency, we won't be able to perform as desired. So ATP is constantly being created by the energy systems. So basically, your body can produce energy or ATP in two different ways. One, aerobically, meaning with oxygen, using your aerobic energy system, or two, anaerobically, without oxygen, using the anaerobic energy system. So each energy system has a different capacity and duration that it can contribute to produce energy. And as a result of this, each energy system also relies on a different fuel source or different fuel sources. So if we break this down by macronutrient or fuel sources, we have protein, carbs, and fat. So in the bloodstream, protein looks like an amino acid, carbs look like glucose, and fats are going to look like fatty acids or glycerol. In their stored forms, protein is going to be protein, carbs are stored as glycogen, and fat is going to be stored as triglycerides. And then finally, in their mobilized form, protein is going to be amino acids, carbs will be glucose, and fat will be fatty acids, glycerol, or ketone bodies. So, your energy systems essentially provide the fuel for different activities, be it an explosive round of squats or a slow walk on an inclined treadmill. Now you've probably noticed that your ability to exert yourself strenuously fades kind of quickly. And this is partially because there's a trade-off between how fast your body can produce energy and the level of power output that can be maintained. So the longer the duration of an activity, the lower the amount of power you'll be able to output, to an extent, because your energy systems can't keep up with the ATP production demands required to keep power high. Now, some of this seems very intuitive, like, yeah, no shit, <laughs> I'm trying harder for longer, so I get more tired. But really, we're going to go a lot deeper than that. So really, when we're looking at the energy systems, we have our aerobic system, which has the lowest power output, but the longest duration of providing energy, we have the anaerobic lactic system, which has a high power output, but a much more moderate moderate duration of power output. And then we have the anaerobic alactic system, which has the highest power output, but can also only last for a short duration. Now. So basically, within these two categories of aerobic and anaerobic system, we have the alactic system and the lactic system within the anaerobic category. So all three of these energy systems are always working, but the primary system at work will depend on the power output and duration of an activity. So now let's take a deeper dive into each of these specific energy systems, starting with the aerobic system. So... Your aerobic system provides the majority of the energy for anything lasting longer than 60 seconds. And really your aerobic system is crazy important. It's responsible for creating the ATP necessary to fuel the majority of your life. The aerobic system is the most important energy system for you and your clients to develop. And because your aerobic system plays such a key role in, well, keeping you alive, it's very adaptable and can break down many different macros as fuel sources. Carbs, fats, and even protein in a pinch can be converted to ATP by your aerobic system. Now this system has a very large energy supply available And so it's capable of producing ATP to fuel literally hours of work at a sustainable pace. But as we discussed earlier, the fact that the aerobic system can generate fuel for such a long period of time also means that it has the lowest level of power output of all of the energy systems. So, for example, if we're trying to do an explosive set of five back squats, we are not going to be using primarily our aerobic system because it just can't meet our ATP demands to fuel that. So... Your aerobic system is also what drives recovery from anaerobic bouts, meaning that your aerobic system is what helps you recover between short, intense bouts of effort. So, for example, a max effort set of squats like I just mentioned. So having a higher level of anaerobic or excuse me, of aerobic fitness means that you'll be able to recover faster between short periods of intense effort. So while the common thinking is cardio kills your gains, the reality is a strong aerobic system will allow you to recover quicker and more fully between sets in the gym, meaning you'll be able to put forth a better effort and likely build more muscle during each set. Having a higher level of aerobic fitness also allows your autonomic nervous system to get back into a parasympathetic or rest and digest state quicker after training, translating to better recovery and more progress. So really everyone can benefit from some aerobic training because one, it develops your cardiovascular system, which decreases the risk of cardiovascular disease in you and your clients, and ditto for high blood pressure. Um, Your heart is also better able to deliver oxygen to muscles during training. Your body is better able to move more blood quicker throughout the body, keeping your cells and tissues healthier. Just like any muscle, the heart actually grows bigger here to support improved functioning. And in the context of programming cardio for muscle gain or performance, it can indirectly lead to better recovery and more lean muscle from your resistance training. In the context of cardio for fat loss, aerobic work generally makes the most sense. Take a note of that one more time. In the context of programming cardio for fat loss, aerobic work generally makes the most sense. It actually improves your recovery and your body's ability to manage stress during a time when quote-unquote recovery resources are already limited. Whereas programming more intense modalities of cardio, so these anaerobic variations that we're talking about, can create more stress that your body must spend its limited recovery resources on. So then our cardio, like often if the goal is to build a lean, strong physique, Basically, we have a certain amount of resources available to recover and repair muscle to prevent muscle loss or even create further growth if we were in a position where we can create a body recomposition. We don't want our cardio competing with our muscles for these recovery resources, to put it as simple as possible. So it makes more sense to do something like mostly aerobic work where this is actually aiding our recovery instead of taking recovery resources. Um, so, in a nutshell, your aerobic system is the primary energy system for creating ATP for longer duration activities done at a sustainable pace. Your aerobic system uses a variety of fuels—carbs, fats, and if needed, protein—plus oxygen to generate ATP or energy currency. And your aerobic system is the most important energy system. Everybody can benefit from training it. So. Before we move on from this, I actually want to dive into how we would go around programming aerobic system training for a client. So, really, when programming aerobic work, we can use two different styles of training: cyclical or mixed modal. So, within the cyclical style of programming, here we're programming a single movement or a piece of equipment such as the rower, air bike, sled, jogging, etc., and When we're programming this aerobic work, the goal is working at a sustainable pace and maintaining performance across sets and weeks. So, we usually progress this across weeks by adding time or distance to the work sets. So, for example, a cyclical aerobic progression could be something like this We're on the rowing machine. Week one, we're hitting five rounds of a thousand meters at a two minute per 500 meter pace with two minutes rest in between. Week two, we're hitting five rounds of 1200 meters at a two minute for 500 meter pace with two minutes rest between. Week three, we're hitting four rounds of 1500 meters at a two minutes per 500 meter pace with two minutes rest between. And week four, we're hitting three rounds of 2000 meters at two minutes per 500 meter pace with two minutes rest between. So the total distance here stays nearly the same across weeks our primary means of progression here is just increasing the distance per set while maintaining the same pace. So we're just pushing your ability to sustain a pace for a longer period of time. And then if we're talking about mixed modal programming, this is generally more of a circuit style of training involving multiple ex- multiple exercises and modalities. And this is really one of my favorite ways to program finishers here, as we can often program this to kill two birds with one stone, meaning we can get clients more core work, upper back work, unilateral work, etc., and improve their aerobic system at the same time. So for example, a mixed modal aerobic progression could look something like this. We just have an AMRAP, which stands for as many rounds as possible. Again, this is one of my favorite ways to program finishers for clients that need more conditioning and let's say core work or upper back work, single leg work, etc., but have a limited amount of time to train so basically we're just progressing the total minutes of work per week here so week one we have a five minute amrap which again stands for as many rounds as possible of rowing machine for 10 calories immediately going to a push-up for 10 to 20 reps followed by a heavy farmer's carry for 50 meters and we're just repeating as many rounds as possible of that for five minutes week two we're doing six minutes week three we're doing seven minutes Week four, we're doing eight minutes. So with our goal being to sustain a pace as the total time or distance increases, we should be able to add sets weekly here. So if we see a drop off in sets or we see um, sets even decrease (laughs) despite adding more time, we know we're probably not going about this properly. We might have needed to slow the pace down a bit week one. But this should still be challenging. But if you're pushing yourself properly, you should very realistically be able to add one to two sets here per week as we increase time. All right, so moving on from the aerobic system to the anaerobic lactic system. So the lactic system helps provide energy for activity up to about 30 to 40 seconds in duration. When you're burning through ATP faster than your aerobic system can handle, your body starts using lactate as a fuel to start converting glucose into ATP or to convert carbs into energy. Now on a side note, Actually, we'll get into this in just a second, but we don't need to get into the specifics of anaerobic metabolism here. You just need to know that lactate plus glucose equals quicker ATP production slash the ability to produce more force. Now, unlike the aerobic system, oxygen isn't being used here. So your ability to intake oxygen doesn't become a limiting factor. So thus, again, we can create more energy faster. But one more time, the duration is much more limited here. So glucose is the primary fuel source for the lactic system, which is why our ability to produce power often suffers on a low-carb diet. <laughs> this is also why I generally prefer a higher-carb nutrition approach for online clients who want to optimize absolutely everything when it comes to building lean muscle or performance for like a sport or something like CrossFit. With our lactic system being one of the primary energy systems that we use for resistance training or short explosive bouts, being fueled by glucose, it just doesn't make sense to really try to restrict glucose and take in more fat, which isn't used as a fuel source here. Um, Now, realize that not everyone needs or even should be doing much lactic system-specific conditioning because one, anaerobic lactic training creates a huge amount of stress on the system and it pushes the nervous system into what we call fight or flight mode so while this isn't always a bad thing because after all the formula for growth is stress plus recovery equals adaptation implementing too much anaerobic lactic work has the ability to smash your clients and slow recovery and this is a big mistake that i see many coaches making basically programming tons of hit work that absolutely runs our clients in the ground. And again, just like we talked about with our recovery resources before, especially for clients that are dieting, recovery resources are already limited. There's only a certain amount of stress that clients can handle in this situation, well, ever, but more so in this situation. And too much anaerobic lactic work can absolutely smash your clients. So for clients whose goals are simply to look good and be healthy, this style of training often isn't needed. Now, in the context of programming cardio for fat loss, although it does allow for less time spent for calories burned, again, we have to carefully consider the huge amount of stress we're adding to our client's recovery debt, so to speak. If we we're simply looking to burn calories, generally generally less stressful modalities, modalities of cardio make sense. And I would often even prefer to, um, let's say, up a client's step goal. Over, like, yo, is there any way we can add 2000 steps per day to your step goal as opposed to like adding in an anaerobic, lactic session? Now, in the cardio of programming, cardio for muscle gain or performance, for clients that need to be able to produce high levels of force for relatively short durations, for example, CrossFitters, this style of training is helpful. But again, we have to keep in mind the context here like if we are literally just doing this for fat loss it's probably smarter to just program some aerobic work this is very much like is this going to help with our sport do we train these short intense bouts where we're going like 15 to 60 seconds of all-out effort and our clients need to improve their work capacity there if so okay it's probably smart to train that but if not the reality is we probably can find better means to go about this elsewhere So as a quick summary of the anaerobic lactic system, your lactic system provides energy for shorter, unsustainable bursts of effort, usually up to 40 seconds, and glucose is the primary fuel source here. Oxygen is not being utilized. And just as we did before, let's dive into anaerobic lactic systems training or programming. So training the lactic system should honestly feel absolutely brutal, (laughs) Um. If you follow OPEX at all, if, you, if you're if you a coach and you don't follow OPEX, I would absolutely look up OPEX, James Fitzgerald, crazy knowledgeable. Um, they have, and they go super deep into the energy systems, programming for CrossFit, smart programming for CrossFit, but they have nicknames for each of these energy systems, and they call this energy system, the anaerobic lactic system, pain. So there's pain, sustain, and gain. This is literally nicknamed pain. So the effort and power output in a set should be high and unsustainable for more than 40 to 60 seconds, but we do want to be able to achieve a similar level of power output across all of our sets for the day. So we don't want to completely destroy ourselves on the first few sets when we're doing anaerobic lactic training and then see power output fall off by a large amount during the latter half of a training session. It's like if we went absolutely balls to the wall on our first set of squats and we were like doing force negatives having somebody just like lift the weight and then the next four sets after that we were so smashed that we couldn't push ourselves that's not that we could like only we had to drop the weight from like 315 to 185 for example those subsequent sets aren't really yielding us any positive adaptations now people are very understanding of that when it comes to programming for strength training, but when it goes comes to cardio, especially when we're talking anaerobic lactic work, people have a lot larger tendency to just go absolutely balls to the wall. Now, that said, again, this should feel pretty, pretty damn hard, but we don't want to be smashed for this. So, for example, an lactic training progression could look something like this. So, we're on the assault bike. Week one, we're doing 20 seconds near all out every three and a half minutes for six total rounds week two we're doing 25 seconds near all out every four minutes for five total rounds week three we're doing 30 seconds near all out every five minutes for four rounds and week four we're doing 45 seconds near all out every six minutes for two rounds so set duration across weeks increases but total number of sets decreases again we should we should see similar power output revolutions per minute calories burned, whatever kilowatts whatever metric you're tracking here or whatever so then this depends on the equipment you're using but you'll have some metric to gauge like what was my power output on that set what more what more were, were my average rpm how many calories did I burn across that set etc we shouldn't see a big drop off here. A big drop off in performance from the first set to the last set in the training day indicates that you're going too hard in the early sets and won't acquire the adaptations that we're chasing here. Finally, we have the anaerobic alactic lactic system. Now, your alactic system is the most powerful of the three energy systems, but also has the shortest duration, typically lasting 10 to 20 seconds. Now, the alactic system is able to produce a lot of power quickly, because the pathway to convert phosphocreatine, which is the fuel source of the alactic system, is much simpler than the chemical process for creating ATP with the other two energy systems. This is also why supplementing with creatine is helpful on a side note, it gives this energy system more fuel. So basically, we have this phosphocreatine just right there, readily available. There's not this long conversion process to convert all these substrates into energy when our body calls upon it. So this can happen quicker, but we have very limited supplies. Um, Now, similarly, the problem is the alactic system is not as adaptable as the other two systems when it comes to fuel sources. And our supplies of phosphocreatine are drained quickly. Now, similar to the lactic system, oxygen is not being utilized to create energy here. And clients will use this energy system often during resistance training. Now, really, similar to the aerobic system, everyone can benefit from some lactic training because, in its most commonly programmed form, lactic training is just lifting weights. Now, as a listener to this podcast, I doubt I even need to tell you the many benefits of lifting weights, but we have things like better nutrient partitioning, um, a higher metabolic rate, more functional strength, healthy tendons, increased bone density, and aesthetics. Now, in the context of programming cardio for fat loss, the style of training doesn't make too much sense. A smart resistance training program is a huge part of building a great physique, but cardio specific alactic programming involves very short bouts in a relatively low volume so when we're programming cardio for fat loss we're basically looking for as many calories burned as possible with as little stress created as possible so the context here we are kind of getting the opposite we're getting a lot of stress for not that many calories burned so this doesn't make a lot of sense but again keep in mind that generally here we're talking just short bouts of so really are again short bouts of up to 20 seconds of intense effort for most of us that's just a set of strength training so we're already doing if your clients are already doing some form of resistance training they're already doing a lot of a lactic system training now for more advanced clients they can also benefit from explosive a lactic training outside of just lifting weights for example short all-out assault bike splint, sprints or sled pushes So for a quick summary of the alactic system, this is the most powerful energy system, but it's limited to very short durations, and phosphocreatine is the primary fuel source here. Just like the lactic system, oxygen is not part of the equation here. Now, to dive into training for or programming for the anaerobic alactic system, again, this most often takes the form of well-programmed resistance training. That said, we can also program things like assault bike sprints, sled push, kettlebell swings, squat jumps, hill sprints, etc. here, generally for a work period of eight to 15 seconds, followed by one to three minutes rest. So for example, an alactic training progression could look something like this. We're doing sl- Let's say we're doing sled sprints. Week one, we have eight seconds of all-out effort, followed by 90 seconds rest for 12 total rounds. Week two, we have 10 seconds of all-out effort, followed by 90 seconds rest for 10 total rounds. Week three, we have 12 seconds of all-out effort, followed by two minutes rest for eight total rounds. And week four, we have 15 seconds of all-out effort, followed by two and a half minutes rest for six total rounds. So here, very similar to what we talked about before, we are increasing the duration of sets, but we're decreasing the total volume across weeks. So as a quick final breakdown of all these energy systems because I do want to make sure that this is hyper clear. First, we have the aerobic system, which produces energy slowly. Its primary fuel source can be carbs, fat, or protein. It has a very long duration, but the activity we can perform using this energy system is only low to moderate intensity. We have the anaerobic lactic system, which has a fast speed of energy production. Its fuel source is carbohydrates. For a duration of 40 to 60 seconds, we can have a very high power output, but again, it's a relatively short duration. And finally, we have the anaerobic alactic system, which has an almost instant speed of energy production from its fuel source, phosphocreatine. The duration is very short, typically less than 20 seconds. But again, it's the most powerful energy system of all, just for a very short duration. All right, and that is how we program SMART, goal-specific cardio for our clients, and help them achieve superior results. All right, that is all I have for you guys today. Hopefully, you found this helpful. If you did, do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of this podcast, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. You're helping me grow the reach of this show, and I want to be able to connect with you. And thank you for listening. All right, and again, that is all I have for you. Thanks for tuning in. This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Baer. Let's get into the show.